Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 16, Commemorations. Today might seem like an ordinary day, but around here it's actually very special. Each year we mark this day, sometimes with just a simple acknowledgement, and occasionally with something a little bigger and more party-like, which we're doing today. And why are we doing that? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. We mark our lives by the passage of significant events. Some of these events come, are acknowledged, and are allowed to pass on. I won't be celebrating the anniversary of finishing my level 2 homework, for example. But others, for whatever reason, require something a little more significant. Days like today, the significant ones, come every year, and they change from person to person, event to event. What also changes are the things that we do and use to commemorate these days. Some of the days are happy, and we like to use them to spend time with family and friends. Some just come by... And you think to yourself, wow, has another year gone already? But some are sad, and those are a little harder. On winter solstice three years ago, for example, we euthanized our greyhound priest after a three-week decline from bone cancer. This is not a day that goes by unacknowledged, simply because of its far-reaching emotional impact. With the space of time, it gets easier, and we've done a lot to commemorate his impact on our lives. Priest is the focus of my first, and so far only, tattoo. We have a priest candle at home that we light when we're sad. And the day after that midnight trip to the emergency vet, I ordered myself a shawl kit. It didn't have anything to do with greyhounds, and the connection to the event was limited to the colorway, but knitting and finishing that shawl was cathartic for me. Every time I've worn it, I acknowledge the impact of having and losing a beloved pet. For me, fiber arts is the medium for commemorating significant events, though mostly in other people's lives. Someone's having a baby? Break out the needles. A birthday? Let me check my yarn stash. A death? What can I knit quickly enough to show how much I care? Naturally, I'm limited by the time that fiber arts take, but I try to create tangible items that will hopefully help the recipient commemorate that significant event themselves. I do it less for myself. The priest shawl was really the first time I used fiber arts for my own benefit, my own commemoration, acknowledgement, and healing. But I should do it more. And I should do it for happy events. A project planned from beginning to end to mark something, like, say, my 40th birthday, which is only a few years away, scarily enough, would make a good counterpoint to the bittersweetness of the priest shawl. While the sad events can create indelible marks on our years, the happy ones can do the same. Birthdays are one, and anniversaries are another. Today, in fact, is my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. To celebrate, a whole bunch of people will shortly descend upon the house for food, conversation, and toasts to the happy couple who 40 years ago made that commitment to one another. We mark our lives by the passage of significant events, and some we remember every year. But are we commemorating the event itself, 
or are we using that set date as a signpost, a marker to help us understand the passage of time? One year ago, we were there. Now we're here. Or two years, or three, or forty. In thinking about it, no one who was there at my parents' wedding 40 years ago will be at the party tonight, except, of course, for mom and dad. Many things have changed for them in the ensuing years. Friends, family, language, and even home continent. Could they have imagined, on that day in Denmark 40 years ago, that they would be here now, preparing for a lovely barbecue in Canada with two daughters, two sons-in-law, a grandson, and a whole big adopted family of people that they didn't even know existed back then? In 10 years, for their golden anniversary, what things will have changed again? Time passes. We know it does because birthdays come without fail every year, and anniversaries of significant events do the same. It's worth taking the time on these days to stop and look back and say, yes, I was there. Now I'm here. Next year, who knows where I'll be? Let's work to make it a good one. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. I didn't quite manage to get my homework packaged up and sent off for marking this week, but it's finished. I actually finished uh, last Monday. On Heritage Day weekend, I spent most of the day making sure that all the little things were done. I printed off labels for my skeins, made sure that they all fit in the binder, did the last printing and all that. The two days before, I spent uh, doing the last spinning. There were three skeins to spin, the alpaca silk, which I did by combing. Not sure I'd do that again. Certainly not blending that way. I used uh, Surrey alpaca and then the uh, the Tussa silk. And that yeah, flew everywhere. And I'm not, I don't know how it blended. It spun up okay. It was really nice and drapey. But, uh, but I'm not sure I'd blend that way again. With the slippery fiber easier to spin, I used a 50% merino, 50% silk blend. Um, but what I did was I carded it, and then I dizzed it off the cards. So I still had sort of a, a worsted preparation, but uh, but I was able to blend it on the cards. That worked really well. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily diz off you know everything that I wanted to do semi-worsted off the cards, but I think I'm certainly going to try it because it sure made that semi-worsted spinning a lot easier than taking that whole bat and then rolling it and trying to figure that out. So I really, I thought that was pretty awesome. And I wish I'd figured that out, you know, earlier in my level two homework. Um, And then the last skein was to lighten a heavy fiber. And I just did that with two kinds of wool, a heavy wool and a medium wool or a, yeah coarse wool and a medium wool. So pretty happy with the last skeins. And you know why I'm happy with those? Because I'm spinning them like it's level three. And when I'm looking at my level two homework, especially the skeins that I had spun at the beginning of it, I'm not a hundred percent happy with them, but I'm still sending them off for marking because I just don't have the time to, to redo it. And I think I'm going to pass. At least I hope I'm going to pass. 
And, and I mean, like, like a friend of mine said, if those were the skeins that you would have submitted, if you hadn't had to take the extension, then, then don't redo them because that's what you're going to be marked on. And, and that's probably my problem is I am looking at my level two homework as if I'm submitting it for level three. So, and that's just a, that's my problem. I need to stop doing that. Overall, getting it done and having it ready to send feels really good. Um, am I happy with all the skeins? No. Am I happy enough with all the skeins? Yes. So anyway, it's all ready in the binder. Final project looks adorable. I'm really pleased with the way that one turned out almost exactly as I'd hoped and, and, you know, fits really well when I, after it, after blocking, when I put it on her, it, it fit a little better because of course it's color work. So it needs that final wash and block to, to really settle in. So yeah, done, done level two. I'm going to take that. Anyway, this coming week, I will get it all packaged up in a box, sent off to Gail and uh, call old, old college and pay for my marking. So, and then it's on to level three, but first it's break time and I'm going to take the month of August and spin what I want. And that not, doesn't necessarily mean I'm not working on homework because I want to spin more cotton because I need the practice. I want to spin some, some of the commercial stuff that I have that's colored and fun. And, and I have to do a set of novelty yarns, quote unquote, for, for level three anyway. So there's nothing saying that the stuff I'm going to spin in this next month won't, won't make it into my homework book because it just might. But certainly the practice on the cotton is very important. And it'll be fun just to be able to sit and spin for a little bit. Still have to be careful with my hips. They're not great, but they're letting me do the things that I want to do as long as I'm careful. So so that's Fiber Week. In the next few episodes, I'll let you know how the spinning of cotton is going. And we'll get started on level three. Fiber notes. Despite the big push to finish off the level two homework, I actually made quite a bit of progress on knitting projects this past couple weeks as well. I finished the lighthouse shawl. Oh man, that edge. That took a long time. And it really felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. I knit on it for about three days and felt like I hadn't made any progress whatsoever. But eventually I reached that critical point where where I could actually see that I was almost done. And I got it finished on the long weekend on the Saturday and I blocked it. Turned out four feet square after blocking and it looks fantastic. Looking at the the fourth section, the one that I had to keep pulling back, I can definitely tell when I'm actually looking at the pattern that I messed up a lot on that section in terms of the counting, but overall, just in terms of the way it looks, it looks fine. So it's a really forgiving pattern. And if you're, if you're in a place where, you know, you want to do something a little more than say garter or stockinette, but you still want something that's quite forgiving, this is a good pattern for it. So, uh, so far I've knit two patterns out of Lana's book and they've both been fantastic and, you know, easy without being boring. So I can, I can highly recommend it for people who are looking for projects like that. So yes, Lighthouse is checked off. 
I've also been doing a bit more progress on the Noro tunic because I mean, it's, it's Noro and it's awesome. So the fabric is turning out really nice. I've, uh, I finished off the, the part that's in the round and split for the back and front. I've got the back up to about where I need to start shaping the shoulders according to the pattern. So because I'm not 100% sure how it's going to fit, I've also I've started on the front. I'm going to get the front up to where I need to start shaping for the neck. Then I'm going to try it on and see if I need to you know, increase at an inch or two before I start doing that kind of shaping. If I do, then I'll do that, and if I don't, then I will keep going. And then after that, it's just two big garter lace uh, rectangles, and then I have a lace tunic. The other thing that I'm working on, I actually brought with me, is my mom's sweater. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but the only time I want to have scissors anywhere near my knitting is when I'm cutting off ends. So it was a little scary for me to actually take the scissors to the cuff and start unraveling. But I got over that. Uh, the one cuff I finished, I'd, I'd uh, picked up stitches and I knit down from that, which is the opposite direction from which the sleeve was knit. So, you know, I'm not 100% happy with that joining area. So we'll see. So for the other sleeve, I thought, well, maybe I'll try and knit from the bottom up and, and kitchener it around the top, which would be great if both sleeves had been knit the same but they weren't. So instead of four times 13 stitches around, I have probably double that that I picked up. There was one row of white kind of missing from that sleeve. So I've got two sleeves that were knit slightly differently that I now have to figure out what to do with. So I have a feeling it's not going to get done uh, this weekend, but it will definitely be done before the snow flies because I've gotten over the hard part, which is cutting off the cuffs. So that's what I've been working on the last little while. With the lighthouse done and uh, the tunic well on the way, I'll probably start working on ethereal again because it's August and I started it in January and it probably deserves a little bit of attention. And who knows, maybe I'll... I'll go looking in my stash and see what I can come up with. August is my month off after all. So we'll see what I feel like doing. And that is Fiber Notes for this episode. Side Notes haven't done a side note segment in a while, and that's mostly because I like to have balance in my reviews, something knitting and something spinning. And I haven't been able to think of something knitting to review, but I, I have something now, so we have a side note segment. The knitting item I want to review is the Inspinity Flexible Lace Blocking Wires. Now, I just used my set of these to block the Lighthouse Shawl, and so if you've followed along on the blog, you, you've seen them in action. These are really great. Uh, for blocking anything that's not straight. Now, I have the Knitplix blocking wires as well, and they're really, um, really fantastic for like the sides of scarves or if you have, um, say, a, say, a triangular shawl 
even if it even if the uh, edge of it is is you know has points on it you can just thread the that blocking wire through the points and stretch it out and you don't need a lot of flexibility in it to to get good blocking happening with those but if you have something circular or if you have something that has a bit more curvage in it um, they're they're just not going to do it for you and then you're stuck using pins lots and lots and lots of pins unless you pick up a set of these blocking wires now these uh, they're very fine I have the ultra fine lace set and they're probably about a half millimeter in diameter and they're super super flexible um, they're actually stored in in a curve the the three foot and the two foot ones and the second you take it out of the thing that's holding it in a curve, it springs straight to a straight piece. There's no you know, bending, there's no no damage to it at all. This is what it's meant to do. So the lighthouse shawl ended up being um, a four foot circle. So there's a lot of curve in the edge of, in the edge of it. And so for that one, I used four of the three foot wires and four of the one foot wires just for to to catch the uh, the uh, ends where they overlapped, and worked great. I got a really nice circle, and it was so easy. You know, the, the ultra fine makes it really easy to thread into into the stitches, and yeah, they're just fantastic. The set that you get has, um, at least the ultra fine lace set has six of each length: uh, three foot, two foot, and one foot, and that will cover basically just about anything that you need uh, to do in terms of of blocking and it's a really good deal at about $30 for the set and just for the utility of it I can highly recommend it if you're doing any you know a lot of blocking of things that aren't necessarily straight and even if they are straight because they're so fine if you're if you're say doing something in cobweb lace the the nitpicks ones are quite a bit thicker. They're probably about two, two and a half millimeters in diameter. These are so fine that you're you're gonna end up with not as much catching of your yarn as you thread it through. Uh, they also come with thirty T pins. Obviously, you know that may not be enough. Certainly wasn't for me. I had about a hundred uh, pins in the lighthouse shawl, but T pins are easy enough to come by. So. I really recommend this set. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Looks like they're back ordered right now, but if you were to purchase a set, you'd get it in September. So I think they're fantastic. I, I love having a set. It's a really good complement to, uh, to the nitpicks of locking wires. On the spinning side, I wanted to review Ply Magazine. Now, if you haven't heard of this, this is a new magazine out for hand spinners. And in the next little while, if you do subscribe, you can still get issue one, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to get in on the ground floor and and have the the whole set. It's like people trying to collect all the issues of spinoff. It's a little harder, but we have an opportunity now to have all the issues of ply. So I got my first issue in the mail, comes in an envelope. Um, The paper quality is fantastic. It's nice, heavy stock. It actually has a spine, uh, a little bit like National Geographic, um, and down the spine are you know some of the the major feature articles that are in the issue. So when you have it on your bookshelf, you can actually see which issue is which and what it's about. So that's really handy. The content in this magazine is 
I've, I've no complaints about the content. There's a lot of really, really great articles in here by a lot of really fantastic names in, in the spinning community. The first issue is quite appropriately called firsts. And it talks about a lot of firsts, things like uh, the first fleece that, uh, that you might spin, which, uh, in this case is a Corydale. It's a really fantastic article about Corydale and all the options that you have with, when spinning with it. There's quite a few history articles in here, like the first yarn, the first spinners, the first spinning wheel. Uh, there's a few reviews. One of the features I really like is the tip jar, which is just little, little short tips for, for spinners about a particular topic. And there's, uh, there's loads of other great articles, a few, uh, a few patterns. And the other thing I really like too, is that they link several of the articles together. For example, the article about Corydale, uh, let me just flip to it here, talks about, uh, it links to a few of the others. So there's a, there's some things about, um, yarn sampling and it links to, again, the fiber study about Corydale and then to a particular pattern. So it's almost hyperlinked, but on paper, which is really cool. There's a little bit in here about mohair and um, and a lot of other things. So I'm really pleased with the content. I think it's fantastic. And I think going forward with this sort of content format, it's going to be a really great resource for us as spinners and and you know being able to to have access to these articles on a regular basis. There, uh, the autumn issue will be on color. And I have to admit, I'm really looking forward to the spring issue, which will be on silk. But uh, the winter issue is about woolen. And, uh, and f- for me, I think that's going to be a really fantastic issue to have because, because I'm, I'm, I'm still having some issues with woolen. I have a couple little quibbles about the magazine, but but they're really just quibbles and, and they mostly have to do with the design. And these are things that I think this is the first issue, right? These are things that I think will be worked out as, you know, they, they produce more issues. They've, you know, finalized their style guide, figure out what works and what doesn't with the software. Some of the things I noticed were there was a couple of headings that weren't formatted in a couple of places, a line repeated from page to page, paragraph to paragraph, they're also using an 18-point font. There's nothing wrong with that. I, for me, it's a little too big. I'm, it, it, yeah, just, and that's my personal preference. It doesn't, you know, negate the quality of the content. Um, I just like to read my, my things that no larger than a 14-point font. So, and like I said, these are all quibbles. And you know, as more issues come out, and you know, they work through these things. And maybe have someone, you know, who doesn't see the magazine day after day to do that one final proof, you know, that that will catch some of these things. I think that'll be great. And, and those things will get worked out. So like I said, they're quibbles. They're not in any way me saying don't get this magazine because I think you should as a spinner. I think it's really uh, good quality content, uh, great quality paper really coming together and really like they like there's an article about the whole concept of it it's by hand spinners for hand spinners so yeah i can really recommend if you're considering getting a subscription to this magazine i say go for it because it'll be 
a really useful resource to you. And it's great to be able to get it from issue one. So those are my side notes for this episode. And hopefully it won't be nearly as long before I give you another set of reviews. By the Wayside. Surprisingly enough, I did actually get some work done on the tapestry, but I got it done yesterday because with the, with pushing to get level two done, I was short on time to do basically anything that was slightly less than portable, things I couldn't take to work or to knit groups. But I, we were out last night with Mike's mom and we're hanging out and I, I brought the tapestry just to work on. So what I ended up getting done was I got done all the rest of the letters. So all of the letters across the top are done. And I got a little bit more outlining done on the tree on the far right hand side. And I know it's not a lot of progress, but I did work on it. And that was a good reminder that the tapestry work doesn't actually take a lot of, you know, time. It takes attention. And and now that I've actually figured out the, the outlining stitch, it, it doesn't take a lot of mental energy. So, So I'll be back to working on that again. I think I'm going to, now that the letters are done... I'll probably do that tree on the right hand side and I'm actually thinking about doing the ground as well um there's a there's a couple hills underneath the horses so that's that's where I'm thinking I'm going to go next and then do some outlining in those or not outlining um filling in in those areas and hopefully by next episode you'll actually be able to see the difference between one photo and the next because the outlining is is important but it doesn't make for a really impressive progress photo. So that is the By the Wayside update. Back to working on the tapestry. And in two weeks, I'm going to aim to have a really good update for you. Thank you for joining me for episode 16. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 17 on August 25th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is by the fiber side.